Thanks to Echelon for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. Go to echelonfit.com slash dreamjob to discover their X1 connected fitness bikes that offer a high quality at-home cycling experience at less than half the price of a Peloton. Hey guys, it's Kathy Heller. Welcome back to another episode of Don't Keep Your Day Job. I'm really excited because we are doing something special this weekend. Uh, we're doing a Galentine's Day giveaway. Galentine's Day, that's right. And by the way, we're calling it Galentine's, but if you're a bro and you want to bring your guy best friend, it's all good. But we're doing something to celebrate Valentine's Day and to celebrate our friends and to spread the inspiration and spread the love. This is the biggest giveaway we have ever done and here's what it is. So you know I'm doing this big Arrive Summit, March 22nd and 23rd in LA, this two-day amazing event. There'll be about 200, 250 people in attendance. And we have amazing people who will be doing panel discussions with me on stage. Then we'll be giving time for workshopping your ideas. You know who's actually going to be on stage with us? Lisa Simpson herself, Yardley Smith. That's right. She's going to be there. So excited to have her there. I know a lot of people are Simpsons fans, but she's just an awesome person. She's going to be there along with many other incredible creatives. But here's the cool thing. We are doing this giveaway. And what you're going to win, if you do win, is you and a friend. We're giving away three pairs of tickets. But not just are we going to give you and your friend a ticket to the Arrive Summit, a free ticket. We're also going to give you a room at the Marriott where the event is being held at Marriott Beverly Hills. And we're going to give you a stipend towards your airfare. What do you think of that? So you're basically getting a free trip to LA, plus you're getting a free ticket to the event. Who's with me? Okay, so here's what you have to do. You're going to find that I did a post on Instagram that talks about this giveaway that goes over these details in case you want to follow up. But it's really, really simple. Between now and Sunday, February 16th, go ahead and buy a copy of my book, Don't Keep Your Day Job, for your friend. All right? Then I want you to do a video on your Instagram and I want you to tag me at kathy.heller. And in the video, I want you to tell me why the podcast, why the book has changed your life, has inspired you, and why you and your friend want to be chosen as the winners of this Galentine's Day giveaway. Are you excited? This is amazing. So we're going to choose three pairs, okay? So we're going to be basically choosing six people who are going to get to win. And that's going to mean that you and a friend are going to get a free room at the Marriott Beverly Hills where the Arrive Summit takes place. You're each going to get a free ticket and you're going to get a stipend towards your air travel. So it's essentially a free trip to LA with your bestie and you get to be at the Arrive Summit And you get to meet Lisa Simpson, Yardley Smith from The Simpsons, as well as all the other incredible speakers that are going to be there. And you're going to be here for this incredible two-day experience. If you want to go ahead and get tickets, you can go to kathyheller.com slash arrive. And by the way, if you get your tickets and you should get them before they sell out and you happen to win, we'll refund you. The tickets will sell out. We only have room for about 200, 250 people. It's going to be two incredible days where you will level up. You will break through. The energy in the live event is like nothing else, and I cannot wait. So that's what we're doing. You can email your screenshot 
of your book that you buy between now and Sunday to hello at don'tkeepyourdayjob.com. And you can just put in the subject line, Galentine's Day. And then remember that between now and Sunday, not only do you buy your book to enter, but you're going to also go to Instagram and you're going to do a little video and tag me at kathy.heller. And you're going to let us know why the book or podcast has changed your life and why you want to be chosen to win this free trip to LA and to win these tickets. I'm so excited. I do love you guys so much. I feel like every day is Valentine's Day because I wake up feeling so much joy having all of you in my life. You have no idea how much you enrich my world. Okay. I'm really happy about today's episode because we have the awesome Jamila Safran on the show. She's the creator of the popular blog and podcast Journey to Launch, and she's also a certified financial education instructor. Her own story about financial freedom and, and how she got there is amazing. And she's helping other people jumpstart their own journey to eliminate debt, save more, grow their income, and really reframe those old limiting beliefs around money. Jamila is also the resident financial expert on News 12, which is the most watched local TV news station in New York City. She's been featured in other notable media outlets such as Money Magazine, Time, Business Insider, Refinery29, CNBC, Essence Magazine, and CBS. I know that the idea of money and our own personal histories with money can be scary, and it's sometimes a hard Thing to confront, but having these discussions and opening our eyes to what's holding us back, it might really be the only way to start making a change. So let's get to it. Please welcome the one and only Jamila Sufran. Hey, Jamila, thank you so much for being here. Thanks so much, Kathy, for having me. I'm excited. Your story is crazy. Let's start there. Take us through the story. Sure. Well, essentially, I like to say this that I'm a girl from humble, very humble beginnings. I was born on the beautiful island of Jamaica. My mom, she had me at 19 years old. And so she had the opportunity to immigrate to the States, but she could not take me because when the paperwork was filed for her, she wasn't pregnant with me. So when she filed to come here, she didn't get the notice that she can come to the States and like until I was like, I think eight months old. And she had like a week to decide if she should go and leave me or she should stay. And as a mom myself now, I can't even imagine what that was like. So she had to leave me back for a few months. So I was not rejoined with her until I think I was about like 18 months old. So it was a bit of time. And so she came to the stage, she started working, um, you know, multiple jobs and she knew education was key. So she's like, she really grinded it out. And when she was able, when my papers finally came through, I came to States, I came to join her in New York City Literally, like, so she worked minimum wage jobs, she was going to school, and she built a way for us. And she made sure that she could be the best mom she could be, not really even knowing what that meant at the time. I didn't grow up, like, hungry, but meaning I didn't have excessive things. But it was great that I grew up like that because I understood the value of hard work. And I'd say that's what really drove me to where I am today, because seeing how hard she worked, I knew that I wanted to be wealthy because I didn't want to struggle. And when I had kids of my own, I wanted to be able to not only do experiences, but things if we wanted to. And with that, I was always a hard worker. I had my first job at 14. I was also a saver. So that was also good. And with that, I did some pretty cool things in my early 20s. So I got my first big internship. I call it a big internship because it paid me more money than I ever had. And I saved most of it in college. Doing so allowed me to buy my first place. Um, when I was 22, right out of college. And I did that partly because I thought that real estate was going to be the key for me. 22, <laughs> you bought your first place. Where was it? Where in, you bought it in Brooklyn? I bought it in Dumbo, Brooklyn. So down under the Manhattan. Get out of here. <laughs> Overpass. 
<laughs> so I bought, but you know, it's funny because it was the most riskiest thing I ever did because as you can imagine at 22, I had money because I was saving. But the good thing about the story, which I definitely want to say is that my mom, she had worked her way up. I believe she had gotten her master's by then. And the one thing she always did was she always put me almost at a detriment to herself before her needs. She gifted me a little small portion of the first down payment that I had because I bought pre-construction and I had two years for that condo to be completed. So they had to build it for me to come up with the remaining 10% and closing costs. And I worked my butt off. That's when I started working full time and saving money. And so I was able to close on it. And by the time I closed on it, it did appreciate more than my contract, what I was in contract for. So I'd say that was like the biggest and riskiest investment I ever did. And that happened around 22. I think that has set me up for a lot of success. That is amazing. My mindset. Yeah. So it was really important, that mindset that I had, um, that I could do anything. So I was one of those people where if I saw someone doing something, I said, why not me? Even when I graduated and I was working full time, I said to myself, you know what? I'm not going to work for anyone past 30 years old. I will not be old in this office and miserable. And so when I started working full time, that was my goal. It was to figure out a way to quit by the time I was 30. And then I started working and I got comfortable because I really couldn't see how I could not work again. Because I tried a couple of businesses and they never worked. And I said to myself, well, this is not going that great. So I tried a vending machine business. I tried an online magazine at one point, uh, real estate. But none of those things really like worked out for me. And I didn't really feel connected to it once I started yeah. doing it. Yeah. So I thought to myself, you know what? I think I might be working forever because like, how else can I not work for anyone else, even though I had all this drive. And so what happened is I kind of went into the state of being comfortable and sleepwalking through my life is like, I like to say in my twenties and following the status quo. And it wasn't until I was about 31, I was pregnant with my first child and I had this long commute, but I was like used to it. And it was just part of the, the drudgery of my life. So I was like, you know what? This is just part of life. But I was pregnant and something about being pregnant in that car. And it was like one day, it took me like three and a half hours to get home because the traffic gods were not happy. And I remember breaking down in the car. Yeah, I was crying because something like what I had pushed down in my 20s because I didn't know how to figure out what I wanted to do really came up for me because I was like, you know what? I'm pregnant. And this is just a start. Hopefully, I thought to myself, I wanted to grow my family and I didn't want to be stuck in a car for three to four hours a day and especially doing a job that I wasn't in love with. So I said to myself, I'm going to find a way. I don't care by any means necessary. I'm going to find a way out of this kind of jail that I had created for myself. And that's kind of what led me down the path to learning about financial independence and freedom and how someone like an average or modest person could become financially wealthy, not through the lottery, not through a big business, yeah. but just by managing and investing their money. Okay. So then... You wind up starting Journey to Launch, okay? And it winds up being very successful. Tell us about where, where did you get that idea? Yeah, so I started Journey to Launch initially just to track my journey to launch the financial freedom and independence. I wanted to share the behind the scenes because I was in my car. And so I said to myself, I'm going to be in this car. I'm going to make the best use of it. So I started to read blogs when I got to work and Google because I said, okay, how do I escape this? How do I quit my job? And then I stumbled upon financial independence, started listening to podcasts. And so I heard all these people saving and investing and doing these things and retiring early and said to myself, okay, I want to be 
accountable to reaching a goal like that. So let me share it on this blog. So at first it was just a blog. And then I started sharing my journey. And it's funny because at first I didn't want to like share too much of myself because I'm, I'm pretty much a private person. And then as I started to kind of open up more and share the numbers and share my face, people got really interested and were just like, okay, wow, who is this girl? Like she talks like me, she looks like me, she's so relatable and I want to learn what she's doing. And so it morphed into not just me sharing my story to hold myself accountable to the three people reading my blog, but how can I help other people who also are stuck, who want to do this, who know that there's more for them. And that's kind of like journey to launch morphed into this platform to also help other people who want to reach their goals of financial freedom and independence. And that's when I started the podcast. Yeah. So when, what year was that when the blog turned into a podcast? You know, it was, so it's been about three to four years. The podcast has been around now for a little over two years. Amazing. Tell us what you've been able to build with your platform in that time. Wow. So I'm most proud of the affinity and the community that I have. So I dub anyone who's on this journey with me journeyers. And it doesn't take much to be a journey other than you want more for your life. And you're just like, let's figure it out together. And so I'm most proud that there are people in this world now dubbing themselves journeyers coming up to me and saying your podcast, your content. Your just testimony, the way you live your life has changed my life and has allowed me to see something different for myself. So I'm most proud of that. And, you know, of course, the business itself. So the biggest thing that I've been able to do because I started Journey to Launch was quit my full-time job. So I made this kind of effort in starting Journey to Launch to say, well, I was going to quit my job by the time I was 40 years old. So I now moved this goalpost that I had at 30 to 40. And I said I was going to retire early and do my own thing. But retiring early didn't mean not ever working again. It just meant doing what I wanted to do, right? Yep. Like it meant figuring out things on my own terms. Yep. And the beauty of it is that with Journey to Launch and starting it and getting serious about it, even while, and, and by the way, I've, I have three kids now. So throughout my whole kind of process of, you know, starting the business on the side and learning, I, you know, I grew the children and I grew the business. And with all that, I found that I actually could reach a level of freedom before I had the million dollars in the bank. Like I can reach time freedom and I could have more, you know, just quality engagements with my kids. So I think the, what I'm most proud of is that I've allowed now Journey to Launch to be that vehicle to have the freedom that I want now and not wait. And that's what I'm kind of doing now full-time with Journey to Launch. It's so cool. Can you explain to us for people who don't really see yet the the clarity in what's possible when we build a personal brand, how did this platform lead to a tribe that led to you being able to actually monetize it? So this is something I want to be really transparent about. So I got pregnant with my third child and I knew that when I gave birth, I did not want to go back to work. Like after my maternity leave, I wanted to stay home and work on kids lunch. Right. So I would say that my path, like I did not wait. So I know the rule of thumb is to wait that to your side hustle is, you know, replacing your income. But I didn't have that time because at the moment I had this two hour, sometimes one way commute. I was pregnant and I was going to have three little kids at home. And so I made a really concrete decision that when I got pregnant with my third daughter, that I would save up enough money so that I could bridge the lack of income. Yeah. So the drop in our income. So my husband, I have a husband that does work <laughs> that does help. Right. So <laughs> to be clear, right. Like, so I do have a spouse where we have his income. He's a teacher. So it doesn't cover everything. Right. And 
we knew though that for me to make this jump, like we had to have like a cushion. So I spent the year that I was pregnant and on maternity leave, like saving like crazy to help bridge this gap that yeah. our income had declined. But the reason why I felt comfortable to make the leap was because while I was working to, on Journey to Launch during those last like year and a half before I left my job, I saw the potential. And it you wasn't just it. like, oh, like that's cute. Like maybe it'll work. It was just like the feedback from people. They were like, when are you coming out with something? What are you going to do? Like do something and I would buy it. And it was really just a matter of me figuring out what I wanted to do. Yeah. I also, at the time, started to do like some partnerships, like, you know, so I get inquiries for brands who wanted to work with me. And so through direct creating products and coaching for my tribe, and then also through brand partnerships. I would say those are, that's the majority of how Journey to Launch has money to grow um, and how I have money to support my family. That's the trajectory that we're on. So in the first year of full-time business, which was 2019, last year, majority of how we made money, how Journey to Launch made money was through those two avenues, through coaching, through online programs. I have a membership. And then as a personal brand, so like as Jamila Souffrant, it's companies who align well with what Journey to Launch is about, who want to work with me and hire me to do some writing or videos. And so that has been also helpful with the income. It's amazing. And what would be a couple, I want to talk about this in a couple ways, because I, I, I think that in this day and age, it's interesting because you're doing both and you knew it from a young age. If I had to put my money on what is the most sustainable path to wealth, I would say create a personal brand and buy real estate. So when it comes to building a personal brand though, what do you think was key in order for you to build what you built? and then be able to take some of those listeners and they become clients and customers, what are some of those key factors that you say, these are the things that I was able to put into play. And this is if I was giving someone advice where I would double down on your energy in order to build a personal brand. Yeah. So because it's a personal brand, because even if it's a company and there needs to be a, like a face of it, right? Like, especially if you're just starting, yeah. you as driver, as a leader, has to be someone on the forefront that people want to get to know, that people want to be helped by. And so like it's being influential, right? Like having impact, you have to have people who connect with you. So I always say there's a distinction where, where people who want to be you. So typically like celebrities, like the Kim Kardashians, of right. the, I think people will look at them and they want, they want to be them. But there's another type, which is where people see themselves in you. Like, it's not that they want to be you, but they just, they see themselves in you. And I think for myself and the way that I am, people see themselves in me. Um, and it's funny because like, I have such like a vast, like diversity, people who follow me is, you know, it's not just one kind. Of course it is majority women. There's a lot of black women, but there's like a lot of people I'm always surprised at. Like, sometimes it's like, middle-aged, like white men. And it was like, I love you. How'd you get in here? <laughs> Whoa. So, you know, so I like to say that I don't, I, yes. Technically, if you like look at marketing, you're supposed to like have this target market and talk to this right. person. Oh yeah. But I I speak more to people's like dreams and ambitions, like the inner person, not necessarily just like the demographics of what's outside. And because of that, I'm able to connect really well with people where they'll say like, wow, like it feels like you're talking to me. I know you're talking to everyone here, but it feels like you're talking to me. And yeah. so anyone that's trying to build a personal brand or trying to hone in on how they can connect more, 
I would say it has to be led with authenticity. And, and, you know, sometimes it's the things that you're the most afraid to share. So there have been times where I'm just like, I'm not going to like do a live or I'm not going to share this because it's kind of like scary that people are going to think I don't have it all together. That does the best. And they're just like, I knew it, you know. And so I try to lean more into that, um, even when it scares me to be authentic, to be brave and then to be confident because people want to see confidence, but they also want to know that, you know, like you struggle too. So it's not put on, but I like to just share the real of my journey. Cause here's the cool thing about, I think journey to launch is that people follow me for the financial stuff. Like, okay, how did you save $169,000? Like, how did you do all that? But they also want to see how my, like how I do as an entrepreneur, like they're like, you cannot fail. We're rooting for you. So I think it's a cool dynamic where people are not just invested in, the content where are invested in your actual success yeah. as a business. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm not surprised that you are as successful as you are. And I just think you're going to be like 10 X every year because you have such a radiance about you. You're so real. You're so enthusiastic and passionate and hardworking. And it's like, it's very relatable and it's, it's great. So as far as, tactics are concerned, right? In terms of things that we can actually do. Would you say double down in Instagram? Would you say it was giving opt-ins and real value away for free? Would you say it's podcasting? Like where has it looked like for you if you had to sort of like fill in the pie graph of like what actions consistently led to the bigger growth in your platform? Yeah. So I would say coming out with consistent content. So my podcast is my content that I put out into the world every single week. I'm not yeah. missing an episode since I started two years ago. And even when I gave birth and not to say that people can't take breaks, but people want your content. So if you're good at what you do, or if you have something to share, people will want it and you need to be consistent. I always say that I'm consistent and persistent as F A F because like, I'll just keep going. Like when I'm like determined on something. And so I think coming up and choosing podcasting. So before it was the blog and I was writing every Sunday and I felt like it took me forever to get a blog post out. And I was like, you know what? I love podcasts. Why not start a podcast? That proved to be a little bit easier, not completely because it's still a lot of work, but I felt like I was able, because I listened to so many podcasts and here's the thing, whatever you do choose as your medium or craft, make sure you understand it. You know what you like, because that's what happened for me. Like I listened to so many podcasts, especially personal finance ones. I knew what was missing. I knew what my voice had to offer. And so when I created my stuff, like I, like I just went all in and doubled down on that. So I'd say double down, pick a medium and be consistent with it. And when you start giving like good quality content, like they're like, so that's what I've been doing now. Right. And so people are just like, you know what, like you've been giving us so much free information. Like, how can we support you? Like we want more. And that's kind of what's led now to the monetization part of it. Whereas before when I was working full time, like I wasn't focused on that. Now I'm able to say, okay, like I put enough goodwill into the world and I'm still doing it every, you know, every week there's a free podcast that's going out, but like, (laughs) how can I like monetize now so that I can keep this going? Right. So more journeyers can get on the ship, the rocket and take off with me. Yeah. I love it. It's so good. I hope that you guys listening at home hear that, you know, just choose one piece of content and just consistently keep putting that deposit into the world it's very, very key. It's very, very key. And a lot of people, they wouldn't do that because unless they can see an immediate result, they're not willing to consistently keep showing up, you know, and 
watering that garden if it's going to take six years for these crops to grow. But you were able to push through that. Right. And so it's also really important to, so having your back against the wall, like, so I felt like I had my back against the wall and had to make a decision about quitting my job because I had a deadline. I was giving birth. So that helped me. That forced my hand into the decision. And so who knows, maybe if I wasn't pregnant or if I didn't have kids, I, I would have been holding on a bit longer to my full-time job. So I think like having your back against the wall is, is good. But on the other side of things, I knew that I didn't want to feel pressured about monetizing or feel like it was all about money at first, yeah. because that would then dilute yeah. the content that would, I don't think that would have been right for my audience. Um, and so it's really important that find something that's going to motivate you to get it done. But also you, you should have some security in a sense where you only do things that for the most part feel good. You're not going to betray yourself or betray anyone who's listening to you just because you want to make a quick buck. So for me, the reason why I was able to like consistently podcast before it was making money was because like I knew that at the end of the day, at the, at the point of time when I started, I had a job. And then when I didn't have a job anymore, I knew I had this, this cushion that even if Journey to Launch didn't make money for the first couple of years, like I wouldn't be homeless, right? So there was this kind of like push and pull with, you know, I had to make it work because I wanted to quit, but also I wouldn't have to betray like my values and I could like stay yeah. true because I did have a cushion to help in yeah. case anything happened. So those yeah. that those two things in tandem worked really well. Yep. I love this conversation, but before we keep going, let's just take a quick ad break. If you're anything like me, you probably wish you could be one of those people who works out, but it's really hard to fit in a trip to the gym every day. So let me tell you about Echelon Fit. I've teamed up with Echelon. You can go to echelonfit.com slash dreamjob to discover their X1 connected fitness bikes that offer a high quality at-home cycling experience at less than half the price of a Peloton. Echelon makes beautifully engineered products for everyone, no matter your activity level. I love that they have daily live and on-demand studio classes right in your home. So you don't even have to go to a gym. And if you aren't hundred percent satisfied, they're going to give you your money back. Join the hundreds of thousands of men and women who are getting fit with Echelon. Don't pay a ton for a Peloton. Buy an Echelon bike today for under a thousand dollars. Go to echelonfit.com slash dream job to learn about their limited time, free Apple iPad and complete details of this exclusive offer. Echelon, it's your time. That's E-C-H-E-L-O-N fit.com slash dream job. Echelonfit.com slash dream job. Now I want to talk about the money piece because in what you just said and in the whole arc to your journey about how you want to be financially free and be able to retire early, there's beliefs that you have around money that are not limiting you. And I know now that you've met so many people through your show, you've gotten to really see up close where people get stuck with money. What are some of the most common blocks that come up for people with money stuff and how do we overcome those limiting beliefs? Yeah, that's such a good question because we all have it um, or different varying levels of it. So it's interesting, new money uh, beliefs like surfaced even in me as I transitioned from full-time to entrepreneur because as a full-time person, I was dependent on like this paycheck where I didn't have to like really, like I did good work, but I had to show up and like, sell anything or ask for any money. Whereas as an entrepreneur, I think what a lot of holds people back is this idea now that you have to sell something like, and you have to ask for money. And even if you're not an entrepreneur and you're thinking about it like full time, or you, you know, you're thinking about what this looks like for you. The fact of the matter is people say they want money, 
But then when they think about people who have money, they sometimes have a negative connotation with it. So, you know, it's, it's, I talk to people all the time and they're like, yeah, I want to like be wealthy and a millionaire. But then on the same side, they think people who are millionaires are greedy and selfish. And so it's almost like this self-sabotaging cycle of you want it, but then you do things that not even consciously, unconsciously you do things that are going to prevent you from, from getting the money that you think you want. And so I think it's really just unpeeling the layers of how you really feel. And listen, it's okay if you still feel that way at first about money and people with money, but acknowledging the real beliefs and feelings is just like the first step versus some people are just like, no, 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 I do want to be wealthy. I do want to be rich. But then it's just like, well, no, no, no. How do you really feel about it though? Because that's what's really stopping you from getting ahead. I think that that's really true. And people sometimes sabotage themselves because they think, I don't want to make the choice to be a horrible person, right? So if it's either I'm poor and I'm kind, or I have money and all of a sudden I become someone I can't stand, I'll just be poor, right? And and that's ridiculous because it's not mutually exclusive. And we both can list people who have money who are super kind and cool and generous and inspiring. And we can list people who you know, have money and are, they're jerks and they're same thing on the other side, right? Like you never met a jerk who's poor. Like, what is that? That's ridiculous. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. But let's say you're able to identify that and you're still stuck. I think sometimes it's not only that you have this belief that if you, be, you know, became someone with money, you might not be nice. I think that there's a part of us that doesn't feel we deserve it. Or there's a part of us that feels like, who am I to have it? You know, like, who am I to even start any of these things? Why would anyone give me money? If money is really just value on paper, right? This piece of paper is worth $10 of value. This one's worth 50. That has to get exchanged for value. And if I inherently don't think I'm valuable or my ideas are not valuable, I, I feel like a fraud asking to be paid. And I think Sometimes that's really what's going on, but that's even harder to take responsibility for than the feelings of like, well, rich people might not be very kind. So can you speak to that? How do we as people start to inherently feel worthy of receiving money and know that we have something to exchange for money? Yeah, that's such an amazing question. And I think it plagues a lot of people. So you're right. Like that, what I mentioned before about how you really feel about money, that's just one, one of many um, things that someone can feel. And the other big thing is worthiness and not feeling worthy. And it's funny because so many things like with money, like it's not necessarily money. Sometimes it's really stems from other things like just love, right? Like it's like love sometimes depending on how you're raised or the lack of attention or too much, maybe attention, like whatever that looked like for you growing up actually when it comes to love and attention can also equate to money. So if you did not receive like a lot lot of love and attention or you had overbearing parents, that actually could also translate to how you feel about money and your self-worth. And so again, it's really sitting down. So a lot of it is going to be like self-reflection and really looking back at like what it is you really feel and think, not just about money, about your life and like where your money story comes from, where your life story comes from, like what you were taught about money, what you weren't, right? Sometimes people will say like, you know, what were you taught about money? And I'm like, well, to say, but it's really what I was not taught about money is what kind of shaped me to who I was. I think the first thing is to realize that one, you're not alone because sometimes what happens is you feel like, well, I don't feel worthy. And now I feel like crap because I don't feel worthy. And who like, and so it's like this cycle because you feel like you're the only one. But if you can really recognize that 
mostly everyone has these feelings. So you're not alone. It's not something abstract. It's really something that a lot of people struggle with. Kind of hopefully we'll start to break down the, well, it's just me and something's wrong with me. And so it's important to recognize that. But it's also important to look at what money, like the fact that, you, like you said, it's really just a shift of energy. Like money, I like to say flows through us. Like obviously, yes, we physically take and give money. But I think our energy in this world allows us to be abundant with money, right? And so if we have a closed off energy, if, if we don't feel love, if, we're, if we keep ourselves closed off from opportunities and the things in our life and everything's a struggle because we only see obstacles, then money will be harder for you. I like to say it's a quote that when you understand money, life is easy. When you don't understand money, life is hard. And so I think the first steps of that is really even just from a small level, which for some people is not big enough. So they think it's too small. So they don't want to do it. It's just look at your, where you are currently financially. Like that will tell you almost where your meter is on your financial kind of journey. Like, are you in a lot of debt? Do you have a lot of bad spending habits? Are you afraid to ask for a raise? All these kind of like questions you can ask yourself about your current money situation will allow you to at least have a starting point of where you currently are. And then once you know that, you can start to work towards, okay, what am I actually looking for in this lifetime? And so um, it's really a very introspective journey and people want to just get to, I want to make more, I want to spend less. And while that's amazing, you'll never be able to consistently do any of that if you don't work on the internal stuff first, like the mindset and the habits. Yeah. There's so much there, right? There's just, there's a lot of aspects to that, but it's a new year and it's a new decade and people definitely want to get over whatever's in the way here. What would you say might be three things that you would tell people to do or to focus on in order to be at a place a year from now where they could leave their job, where they could have more financial independence? Three things. Oh my gosh. So I would say first it's understanding where you currently are. This can be hard for a lot of people because it's almost like they rather not know. And right. by I mean like knowing where you are, like how much debt you have, what's your true income, what's your true expenses. Like it's simple enough, but just start there. Um, oftentimes like I have people like go through kind of their spending and like that's the worst part like of their oh, yeah. day and month in life because it's just like, I don't want to know. I just kind of want to keep going because if I'm digging this hole, I don't know how deep it is. At least I don't know. And then once you do know, Ah, you know, all these things start coming up. So I'd say first, rip the bandaid off. You first got to know your starting point, where you currently are, because that's the only way you can start then measuring your steps forward. So yep. that assessment of where you currently are is important of your financial kind of stats of income, uh, expenses, and then just like debt and all that stuff, right? Then I'd say is that a lot of people in the personal finance space, which is not wrong, right? We focus on expenses because that's kind of like the easiest quick fix because you're like, all right, we'll spend less. But I like to more focus on income, right? Like income, anyone that I've ever had on the podcast that's like saved a gazillion dollars or paid off a lot of debt, even myself, I've done that because of my income at the time when I was working because we were earning so much. And so I like to walk back into how did I get into position to the job that I was in to earn the kind of money I was in. Um, and so I like to, for people to think about how can you earn more this year? So if you do have a nine to five, the the first place is to look is through your nine to five. Is there some way in which you can earn more, whether that is negotiating a salary? So many people are leaving money on the table when it comes to their regular job because they haven't asked for money. I had a girl on the podcast and she was like, she's not afraid to leave jobs. So every couple of years, 
she left jobs and every time she left, she made $20,000 more. Now there are some people who are just so comfortable and stuck that they're like, well, I don't want to leave. And I think I can make more money, but I'm afraid. And so, but in order to like do these grand things that you want to do, like get out of all the debt you're in or quit your job, you got to get uncomfortable. So when it comes to salary and increasing income, whether it's through your main job or there's different types of side hustles. So like this side hustle, kind of like what I did, which turned into a business, which was starting to launch, or they're like more, um, not as intense side hustles, like babysitting and walking dogs, where it doesn't seem like a lot, but it helps to build up yeah. this money-making muscle. So, okay, mm-hmm. the second thing then is to look at how much more you can earn and the ways in which you can earn it. And then the third thing is to really focus on protecting and growing a abundant mindset. So if you don't think you can do it, if there's no one around you in your like everyday life that's doing it and you're the only one, it's going to be a really hard journey. So I like to say, make sure you're surrounding yourself, even if it's virtually, with things that make you feel good, things that inspire you. Even for me, what had inspired me was seeing that other people were doing this. Um, I knew that then it was possible. And so whatever it takes for you to stay inspired on the journey throughout the year. So, you know, 2020, if you listen to this (laughs) this year, is like, do what it takes to keep this peace of mind, to improve your mindset so that, you know, you can accomplish your goals. I love that. And I'm glad we're sort of you know, ending with this because I want to say, ask this one more piece. What you just said is so crucial. James Clear was on the podcast. He wrote a book called Atomic Habits. And he said, you know, Kathy, ever since I wrote the book, if I had to narrow it down to one habit that would be more important than any other habit, I've realized the entire book could have been written about who you spend time with. And I was like, Mike, drop. I was just like, Oh my God, do people hear? Right. So the reason I'm bringing it up is because you have coaching programs, you work with people and there are so many times where people, thank God, come across someone like you who does help them start to see the world differently, who does give them tools. And then they will say, but I can't invest in being in that mastermind. I can't invest in that membership. I can't invest in myself in that way. I don't have the money. And I feel like shaking people because I'm like, do you get the critical nature of going in on your own or being in this person's face all the time? Do you know what that equates to? And people don't. So I think it very much relates to the money conversation because it's fascinating how people will not invest in themselves. So let me hear it. Yeah. So I just love that you said this because this has been, I think, especially in personal finance. So the space is very much about, um, and like not spending money, like saving money and being and optimizing. So that also means a lot of DIY, which I get, and you know, like that's fine. Right. And then there's so much being left on the table. So my biggest thing is that people need to buy more shares of themselves. Like you need to buy more shares of you. So what's taught a lot is you buy, you need to buy real estate, you need to buy index funds and stocks. You need to buy all these other things that are outside of you, which yes, the traditional financial advice has merit. I'm not saying you shouldn't do that, but 
if you invest in your mindset, so even feeling motivated to do something, whether it's just being in the presence of someone that like gets you going or a skill or something, if you invest within yourself, there's no cutoff to the return on that investment. So whereas, you know, typical stock market and return over the last, you know, since inception has been maybe I think 10% or something, your return on your investment when you invest in your skill set is limitless, right? Like, and so I feel like most people, even whether it's me or you, like there's a risk that needs to be taken. Like there's no reward without a risk. And so, but buying shares of yourself, more shares of you and investing in you, like that's a risk that can't go bad. Because even if, even if, let's just say, you do take a leap and you invest in something, right? That's a stretch for you. Just by doing that, I've done things like that where I've invested for the business and for myself. Like it's, it was a stretch. I'm like, I don't know if I can do this, but I'm going to do it because I'd rather try something than not try something at all. And just the mere act of investing in myself, even without starting the program or doing the thing, I instantly changed because I became a person that was confident enough to invest in myself and take action. And that like is priceless. So I do, I love that you like we were ending on this note of investing in yourselves, which can sometimes feel counterintuitive if you're being taught that, you know, don't spend, like save and, you know, be a miser, which I'm not saying everyone's saying that, but I find that that kind of talk in the personal finance space is talk that I also want to change. And when it comes to journeyers and people who want to have more and be more, it does take investing in yourself. And I don't, yes, part of it is money, but that's going to take time and also resources where it's like, you're going to have to do something different than you were doing before to get the results that you want. I love what you just said. It's like, yeah, you can buy stock, you can buy real estate, but you need to buy more shares of yourself. And you're right. Even if something is just going to help motivate you to do more stuff, I mean, motivation, like where do we find that, you know? At the end of the day, the only way to get results is to take action. And the only way to take action is to somehow fuel yourself to do and stop talking and do it. And I think you have to ask yourself the question, do I want to save $2,000 or do I actually want to get results this year, right? Have you had people in your life, Jamila, mentors? coaches who've made an impact on you oh absolutely and I invested to work with them like a lot of money too more than at the moment I thought I could do but I did it because I knew I was betting on myself and so it kind of goes back to the self-worth issue that a lot of people actually they're afraid because maybe they did try something before or you know they they, like they 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 let themselves down in the past and like they're just like I just don't I, I can't afford to do this again. And so that's how, you know, you've drawn a line in the sand when you make a decision that that's not going to happen anymore. And I know that I've countless times said to myself, I'm not going to fail at this because I, I invested in it and I'm going to do it. And I don't like care. Even this person doesn't even show up. Like I'm already changed by doing this. Um, so I, I absolutely love like this message because it's interesting because I know a lot of entrepreneurs listen to your show and, and future entrepreneurs who want to be full time. And it always is crazy to me that like people who want to sell something or become an entrepreneur are like afraid to also like buy from other people or invest. Like I'm not saying buy from everyone, right? You have to like trust and know the person, but it's crazy that like they'll want people to buy from them, but like they don't invest or learn or buy from other people. Uh, yeah. So I think if you're stuck in that mode, it's, it's, you really have to be honest with yourself about like what that's about. Because why yeah. should someone buy from you when you like are trying to DIY and cheap it out? with everything else. 
Yep. And last question on this topic, because you just said, and I think that you hit it on the head. I think that the reason why people would be hesitant to do it is because they've invested in themselves in the past and they didn't show up and it was a waste. Okay. And now that is the most frustrating thing. When I've done programs and I know I'm literally teaching people chapter and verse, I'm like, do this and it will lead to this. And you will see every time there's a group of people, they just don't do any of it. They don't show up. They don't watch it. You're, you're there. They're not. You're in the classroom. They're not. You're live. They're not there. Right? Whatever that is, that is the most frustrating thing, right? And, and so my question to you, because you've, you've led people, you've coached people, what is it going to take to be one of the people who finishes and who shows up and who gets the stuff done? Because that's, that's it. You know, what's crazy is that even if it felt like a waste because the person didn't show up, it's part of their fabric. And maybe for a while they won't recognize it. There's no like return because they didn't do the work, but it becomes part of who they are. So even if like you can like have tried to work with something, someone five years ago or tried this thing a couple years ago and you weren't ready for it, it was the right time. And then you move on and you have a realization, right? But first you have to decide that you want to change those past investments or those past actions, they all created the fabric. They all still accumulate to who you currently are. So it's not completely a waste. So those people, cause I've had things where I bought stuff in the past and I didn't have time or I didn't do it. Right. But it still created the person that I am today. It still made me who I am today. Even if I never like went through the program itself or did the thing. Um, so I like to say that our failures, quote unquote, and the, like the things that we leave on the table are still parts of us and doesn't mean that it's over. So, there's always going to be a subset of people who, who are not ready, but you won't ever know you're not ready until you try it. So you can either just like sit and like not know if you're ready or not, or you can go after it and decide that you're ready and decide that you're not going to lose no matter what, which is what the, a decision I've made a long time ago, if you can't tell, um, and go after it. And so, and if you need motivation and help to get that mindset too, then you need to be around people who think like that. And so whatever that takes is what I would do. If you're listening to this and you let yourself down in the past, you've tried things and it hasn't worked, then um, one, good that you're listening still, but like now, like take action. Like you don't have to continuously live year by year, like the shadow life or sleepwalking through your life. Like you can do something, like do it, right? Um, and so I just love that, like your platform, platforms like mine, like it's out here for free, right? Like the podcast, it's like free for you to like take this information. And I just listen and listen and hope. But like, I always say like action, action item. Like what are you gonna do after listening to this episode? Like, what is that one thing that's going to move you forward that you can do? Um, so really think about that. Okay. So you've said so much good stuff. One thing when people finish this episode, tell me one little action they should take today. It could be anything. Okay. I would like one little thing that someone could take right now other than finding me and um, <laughs> is, to, is to make sure, like sit down, even if it's like, 10, 15 minutes and get serious about like your feelings. I know it's kind of woo-woo about money. Like just start free writing, like trying to like just how, what comes up as you think about money, how you think about your current money situation. So I'm not even asking you to look at your bank accounts. I'm just asking you to sit for 10, 15 minutes and just like write about money, how you feel about it in your current money situation and like, let it just flow out. Don't think too much. Let like just start going and don't stop and and really let that just be like your starting point on like the truth, hopefully that you're letting out. And um, sometimes just getting things out is helpful. So you can now see what's the next step. Like, what should I do next? So good. Tell us where we can find you. 
So you can find me. So wherever you listen to this amazing podcast, you can find Journey to Launch. That's my podcast. My website is journeytolaunch.com and I'm on all social media as Journey to Launch. So if you listen to this episode, um, tag me at Journey to Launch on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook so I can like know that you heard me on Kathy's show. And so I can kind of like say hi to you as your wonderful tribe too, Kathy. So you're awesome, honey. Thank you so much for being you. And thank you for giving us so much of yourself today. Thank you so much. What a cool conversation. Jamila so awesome. All right, here are the takeaways. Number one, you want people to see themselves in you. Speak to their dreams and ambitions. Number two, be consistent and persistent AF. Number three, pick a medium, double down on it and deliver good content. Number four, when you understand money, life is easy. When you don't understand money, life is hard. Number five, money is a shift of energy that flows through us. Our energy in this world allows us to be abundant. Number six, get real about where you currently are with your income, your debt, your expenses. Rip the bandaid off. Knowing your starting point is the only way to measure the steps forward. Number seven, buy more shares of yourself. Invest in your mindset. There's no cutoff to the return on that investment. And number eight, our failures and the things we leave on the table are still a part of us. It doesn't mean it's over. They contribute to the fabric of who you are today. Okay, let's celebrate your wins. Sarah said in our Facebook group, I finally made the huge leap into launching Sarah Wright's grants as a full-time grant consultant for nonprofit organizations. I've been fundraising as my day job for about 15 years, and I'm so excited to keep doing it, but to be able to work for myself and on behalf of lots of different organizational missions, totally terrified, but I'm excited to be making the space for this in my life. Sarah, that's so cool. I know how scary that that leap is, but you're building a foundation. You do have the tools. Just trust the journey. I'm so excited for you to start the new chapter. You guys can go give Sarah some love. Her Facebook page is called Sarah Writes Grants. All right, here's another post I want to share. So Jeff posted in our Facebook group and he said, this is my first time posting to this group, but I've been so encouraged by the posts of others. Today, I hope to bring an exercise that might encourage those of us who need a boost to get moving in the right direction. Recently, I submitted an application to a training program here at my day job. One of the requirements to apply to the program was a letter of recommendation. I asked one of my coworkers to write one for me. When I had the chance to read the letter, I was blown away. The words that he wrote were so uplifting and encouraging. I'm still on a high 10 days later. My challenge to you is this. Write yourself a letter of recommendation. Instead of doubting yourself, write about all the God-given gifts and talents that you have that make you more than qualified to pursue your dreams and passions. Give yourself permission to dream big dreams and make them happen. If you're really brave, ask a trusted friend, family member, or coworker to write the letter. And if you want to go crazy, write one for a struggling spouse, child, or friend. It will make their day, week, month, or even year. Jeff, I love this so much. Thank you for sharing that. It's such a good idea to write a letter of recommendation for yourself. I think that can be so helpful to identify your strengths and gifts through this framework. You guys should definitely do this exercise. And if you want, let us know what you discover about yourself. You can share this in the Facebook group, the Don't Keep Your Day Job free Facebook group. We'd love to hear about it. If you guys have a win that you want to share, post it in the Don't Keep Your Day Job Facebook group, or you can DM me on Instagram at kathy.heller. Thank you so much for listening. It means the world that you take time out of your busy day and you show up for this podcast and you show up for yourself. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen so you don't miss the awesome episodes we have coming up. And if something in this episode or any episode has lit up your soul, please tell a friend, share this episode with a friend, tell them how it's shifting your beliefs, your mindsets, your habits, whatever this podcast 
podcast is doing for you, you might be able to change somebody else's world. You might become the catalyst that helps them to start following their own path. Don't forget, we're doing the biggest giveaway we've ever done for Valentine's Day. But if you're not a girl and you're a guy, you can enter also. What we're saying is spread the love, basically. And so to enter the giveaway, you're going to buy my book for a friend between now and Sunday, the 16th of February. And you're going to do a video on Instagram and you're going to tag me in it and tell me why you want to come to the Arrive Summit. And we're going to pick three pairs of friends to come and and be at the event. We're going to give away tickets, but not only are you going to get tickets to the summit, each of you, but you're going to get a room at the Marriott where the event is being held in Beverly Hills, and you're going to get a stipend towards your air travel. So it's really like a free trip to LA. Plus you get tickets to the Arrive Summit, which is going to be amazing. I have a feeling that very soon the tickets to Arrive will sell out. So if you want to get your tickets, you can go to kathyheller.com slash arrive. And if you win, we will go ahead and refund you. Have an amazing weekend. Happy Valentine's Day. I hope you guys know how loved you are and I hope that you guys spend it with people in your life who really lift you up. I'll be thinking of you and I'll talk to you on Monday. But now I'm back in here to fight Can't
so 